Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Norm. And we're hitting the water, bike, and road together. In search of a better way to train, both mentally and physically. We've got big goals this year, and we're taking you with us. So grab your napkin. It's time for the cookies. We're swimming way back, and then we're wrong. Not here for a trophy, we're just here to have some fun. Allison and Norm don't need no podium climb, but you better have a cookie waiting. All right, Crumb Heads, um, welcome to a, a little bit of a special episode of the Post Race Cookie Cast. So if you if you tuned in last, well, I guess it'd be two weeks ago, you heard about a race recap that we had for Galveston 70.3, which Allison did so well at, and uh, I think probably... One of the hardest things that you've done, right? I think we could say. But yeah. in reality, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that that was just part of the larger equation of what Allison was planning this year. So it was the tune-up for the Tulsa Full Tulsa Iron Man. Full Iron Man. We're recording this episode <laughs> the day following that Iron Man. And I don't really even know how to, to like approach this or go towards it, but we've, you know, we've got some news, Allison. So I would say a few things have happened since, uh, since we recorded that Galveston episode, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So let's just get, this is just to talk about the, you know, the elephant in the room. Let's just say it. <laughs> let's just say it. People get injured when they're doing training for Ironman. And unfortunately that's what happened with you. Yes, that's every I I somehow managed to train up until two weeks before the race and and then had to uh, make some choices about whether or not it was wise to keep going um, and decided ultimately that it's it's not a good idea. So the short story is that I um, strained one of my my pec muscles and then that led to a lot of shoulder imbalance um most likely from riding a really long time in aero on the bike um and then and then adding swimming into the mix after that so that's the short story of what happened now and when we talk about long time uh, long periods of time in the aero position we're talking six, seven, eight hours at a time, right? Right. This was, I think the tipping point was about six and a half to seven hours for me. So I had not ever done that long um, on the bike or in, in the aero position. So that kind of maybe pushed some things over the edge. Uh, when When this happens, I mean, I think... It is fairly <laughs> obvious, but how, how did you feel when, because we, we were talking about this and there was a period of time when your back was hurting, your shoulder was hurting and it was, Hey, do I take some time off 
and then do the race? Or do I push through and maybe this goes away? Or do I need to shut this thing down? Talk us a little bit through that process when you get to that point, because that is not an easy call to make when for over a year you've been doing nine to 20 hours of training a week. Yeah. Um, I think there was like, I feel like it was like two weeks where I was starting to have some problems and I was kind of thinking, okay, well, what if I dial back here or I don't do, I do this and maybe just leave this off. Um, and then, so I kind of played around with that for a couple of, for maybe, I don't know, 10 days, two weeks, something like that. Um, kind of trying to gauge, like if I just lay off some of the things that seem to make it worse, will that get me where I need to be so I can finish this? Um, I didn't want to take off completely, but I thought maybe like if I just focus more in on the running side of things that maybe I, you know, like do some other things. But then my last swim, I looked back at it today, um, mainly because I wanted to see when it was. But my last swim was I was averaging like 25 seconds slower per 100 yards than my normal pace. And I remember thinking that that was like, that was as much as I could give that kind of, that was a couple of days before I decided. So it kind of just seemed like the obvious thing to do when, when things seemed like they were maybe getting worse and not better. It, it still, it still wasn't easy though. I know it wasn't. Um, no. <laughs> man, you, you put a lot of time into this. No. If, if someone's listening and they're like, man, what a downer. This is horrible. The, the reason we wanted to record this is because. We we talk about trusting the process. Sometimes, even when we trust the process, things can go sideways because we're we're just we're human beings with a lot of moving parts. And when we force them to do repetitive motions for long periods of time, things can go wrong. Yeah, I don't know really anyone, in fact, who regularly runs marathons or does triathlons, ultras, or anything that that haven't they've all been hurt at least once. I just started training barely and I already have an IT band issue. So <laughs> these are things that, that happen. And I think the most important part of this is, and it kind of goes along with our mission and our message here with our podcast. It's not where you finish. Sometimes it's not when you finish, you might not even finish the race that you're entering and you might not even get to the starting line. It's how you respond and what you do next is right. the important part. And that's what we want to talk a little bit about today because you've got still got great plans. You still got things you want to do. And this <laughs> yeah. is not the end of your triathlon story. Oh, this no. is just a speed bump. And there's still a lot to look forward to. Even this year, there's things that you're, you're wanting to do. Oh, yeah. So if you would, Allison, I'd like to talk a little bit about what may have led to this too, because- sure. This is a little bit more complex than just a, a simple injury, right? Yeah. So, and also, I mean, I will say that I'm pretty careful about, like, I'm careful about building training. I'm very careful. I'm, I mean, everyone, no one wants any kind of inju injury, but I'm kind of injury averse. Like when something starts to happen, I'll, I'll 
I'll step back and really try and figure it out. This time I was so far along in <clears throat> training that I didn't want to do that. So so the I think the the causative issue for me is that um 14 years ago, so a long time ago, <laughs> I mm. after some like genetic counseling and some family stuff, I had a prophylactic double mastectomy. Um mm and reconstruction and that has altered the like they use your pec muscles when they do that reconstruction so that kind of altered the the physiology of of my pec muscle situation and i thought honestly if that was going to be an issue it would have been an issue way way before now cropped up late in training and it it did surprise me a little because I thought I I honestly thought it was going to be an issue when I first started I thought I was going to notice having problems like not being able to use them appropriately or things like that so it was a little surprising to me um because because when you swim you're essentially using completely different well not different muscles but less muscles than most of us yeah yeah because these my my peg muscles just don't really function anymore I can't voluntarily use them to do anything so obviously i've somehow altered my swim stroke in some way to <laughs> to to adjust for that or account for it but yeah. um, which is probably putting a lot of stress on my shoulder and that's probably how we wound up with kind of two separate things going on some muscle imbalances and yeah i think there's something to be said here mentally when this happens, because what's the first thing that you kind of think, what did I do wrong? Right. Where did I screw up? And I think the short answer is you didn't. This was an unfortunate uh, situation where you've got some different muscle structures and imbalances. And I think it was a time thing. Yeah, I think. And in retrospect, I can see what I need, like what needs to maybe be different now, um, especially after, you know, like figuring out how to handle it, figuring out how to fix it. But um, yeah, I don't think there's nothing. I don't think there's anything I could have done that would have like predicted that this was going to be an issue. It's it's an, a full Iron Man is not for the meek. That is a so it's such a hard thing. You just did a 70.3. You did really well. And people are dropping out of that race. Then you're doubling it, okay? You're talking, we're doubling the distance. There's another aspect to this race, too, that was uh, a little bit crazy. And <laughs> I don't want to slam the Ironman organization for this or your hometown. But the bike course for Tulsa Ironman was i'm sorry it was ridiculous it, <laughs> it, it, it was borderline it was dangerous okay you were showing me pictures you were doing some of your training runs there's no shoulder on this highway with 65 mile an hour semi trucks going by right and, yeah and you're supposed to practice and do the entire bike <laughs> ride on that that's crazy yeah yeah there's no a lot of debris lots of potholes, lots of, um, a lot of really steep, windy descents, um, things like that, that I was like, especially if you're not 
if you're like if you're having like a lot of pain and you can't control your bike that is not the time to be that's not the place to be no uh to be having any kind of an of shortcoming <laughs> on that bike ride and you went out and you did a couple rides on that road yeah yeah i did uh about i did 50 miles um i did i did a couple different rides on it yeah so and how'd that go uh, it was awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I, we're not used to, I mean, this is a big, this is a first for us, for our area. I mean, we're not used, like, I would say that our drivers are not necessarily used to having cyclists and how to interact with them. There was, I mean, it was not my best moment to be on that road. Um, sharing it with cars there were car checking and cat calling and all kinds of things Jeez. happening so so yeah so there's all kinds of variables <laughs> we got here you're already banged up you're you have shoulder issues you're riding on a crazy dangerous road which has never even been road tested for the is the inaugural race it's never even been there before so there was a lot of stuff going on there um and it adds it adds up i'm never going to say that i'm glad you didn't do it i won't ever say that but <laughs> There was a lot of iffy things with this race. And I think one day, I'm hoping at least, you this might end up being a blessing in disguise. I don't even know if that road, that race will be the same course next time, next year, if they do I, that. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Because uh, now, I mean, I'm doing it because I was deferred. So it'll it'll be happening next year. Um, just figure some new things out and give it a go again. <laughs> It's been about three weeks yeah. since you made this decision. How are you feeling now? Better, I think. Okay. <laughs> I was pretty, I mean, I was pretty sad at first. It was kind of a shock to the system, I think. Um, especially to go from training for 20 or 22 hours a week to all of a sudden, like, I mean, I I did go to the doctor and, you know, they kind of said, put a stop to all of it so that was a so there was like an immediate halt um to everything and then you're kind of going whoa where do i go from here <laughs> you know uh, sometimes when you have like an injury there's always there's something else you can do like you can go oh okay I, yeah i can't run right now but i can swim or i can't you know or right I can cycle, but not do these other things. So this was like a, no, um, why don't you stop everything? So I will go on the record and say that I'm never doing a full Ironman. <laughs> it's not in the cards for me, but it is it, the other part of this that I think is interesting. When we, we spend so much of our time engaged in this, it can bleed over to identity a bit, right? Yeah. So it can be very easy for us to, create an identity where we are a triathlete. We are uh, an athlete who's training for a triathlon, whatever verbiage you want to use. And it's no longer really a hobby. It's a job, right? It is a job. So what happens when you've worked somewhere for three years and then essentially you get laid off? Boom. It is like a shock to your life, to your system and your identity a little bit, 
because you were so used to doing that thing every single week that suddenly it's taken away from you. I mean, no wonder it was, it was hard. It would have, yeah. If it wasn't hard on you, I would have thought there was something wrong with you, honestly. <laughs> um, and I know you've struggled with this and I, I'm hoping that there may be people who are listening who either have had this happen or it might happen to them. And I want them to see how you responded and how you moved forward after this, because I think you did it the perfect way. And I think it's a really good example for, for those people because you could have very easily have pushed through and tried to do this race. And it would have been, it would have been a disaster. I think it would have. <laughs> yeah. And I thought of, don't, don't get me wrong. I thought about it. I mean, that was part of the decision-making process. Is this something that I think I can, you know, tape up and, and keep going? My fear for that was I was like, yeah, okay, I might be able to, but then will that basically take me out of everything I've planned for the rest of the year? Um, so do I, even though this was for sure the big thing for the year for me, like this was the biggest thing on the ticket, I would say. Um, I really didn't want to take myself out for the whole rest of the year or maybe longer. Um, yeah. Your identity was not Tulsa full Ironman participant. It was Allison Anderson who does endurance races. And this just happened to be one of them. Right. And there's others to come. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you took that mindset. <laughs> it wasn't easy. Uh, I guess that's the thing is just because just, I mean, I guess the easy thing to do, if it were easy, everyone would. Yeah. Right. So everyone would always try and make the right choice if they were always easy to make. Was there any embarrassment or pride concerns when you first were making this decision? Um, yeah, maybe a little, uh, I think maybe cause I'm supposed to be tough. Hmm. You can still be tough. And get hurt. You know that, right? <laughs> and it's, it seemed like, I don't know. It seemed, I don't know that it just, it was a weird, it was a very weird feeling to be, uh, then to question yourself of like, can I just not hack it? Can I not keep up? That's the next thought, isn't it? Like it's not, <clears throat> sometimes it's not, well, I got hurt. I'll move on. Sometimes it's, is this more than I can handle? Yeah. Did I, uh, did I ask for too much? Maybe it's not meant for everyone to do. Well, and I don't think it is meant for everyone to do, but you did it. You went, a, you did your training in the right way. You had the coach. We've already talked about how important that is. And this was years in the making, really. Yeah. You're, you're not a couch to full Ironman uh, person here. No. And I've actually trained for this twice now. So yeah. to do it next year will be the third time. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's more the, the biological and that, and that, anatomical i don't even know that's a word that's right <laughs> yes i got it um mixed with just the grind you know it might have something to do with the fact that you have trained already twice for this race i mean that first one is a, that's a tough one so so that was the first thing i thought was great is you didn't do the race 
you were tempted to, you had some concerns, you felt maybe a little bit of embarrassment, maybe a little bit of that fraud mentality, like maybe I'm just not cut out for this. You had those things, but you didn't try to push through those things and do a race that you probably would have crashed and burned on, maybe literally crashed and yeah, burned. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. And then your season is over and maybe with surgery, you're talking years down the road. So that's yeah. huge thing that you did there. I think the second thing that was really important was you didn't go full web MD on this sucker, no, that, no. which is what I would have done. And I've done in the past and I will again. So you went and you saw a physical therapist. Yeah. I started with a, um, I saw a physical therapist initially, um, but I just booked like a massage at a place. That was the first thing I did. Um, and then after he worked on me, I realized there might be really something wrong. <laughs> so after that, I went and saw a, um, like I went, made an appointment, saw a sports medicine doctor, um, mainly to rule out if I had really done anything major. Um, and then from there now, I am doing physical therapy twice a week for some undetermined amount of time. How's it going? Because it hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. Those days are not particularly fun. And it's funny because in between you, after a day or so, you feel better because you're doing the right kind of work. Uh, and then you go back and he destroys you again. <laughs> so, <laughs> And they pretty much said you almost tore your peck. Yeah. 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 They're because it's sewn down in some strange places and they're not sure if I maybe slightly did like tear it away from some of the places where it was like sewn down. So not like a traditional like you would see like weightlifting or something like that. Um, And that I was that it had caused enough shoulder imbalance that I would like likely would have torn a rotator cuff at, if I had kept going. So. And this isn't, you're not a professional baseball player, so you could have gotten Tommy John surgery and your velocity <laughs> would have been much greater. And you probably don't understand what I'm talking about because you're mm -hmm. not a baseball person. No. But, <laughs> sorry, I had to kick out there for a minute. Um, so there's just surgeries you just don't, you don't need to go down that road. You don't no. need to take a year off. So I don't want any part the, of that. So this is great. So you're you're getting some physical therapy. You're have, letting professionals know what they're doing, work on you, get you where any, and I know it is frustrating because you want to Yeah. On our pre on our pre-interview, you were talking about swimming. And I'm like, <laughs> don't go swimming. And you weren't being serious. You're not going swimming today. But that temptation is there, right? Yeah. I mean, probably so I've been off for three weeks now, which feels insane. Um and we'll probably start to do some short running this week. And then still another couple of weeks off of swimming and biking. Because, you know, the other part that you start <laughs> thinking about in this situation, and I felt this only taking a week off, you start thinking, I'm losing all my fitness. Yeah. Oh, my word. When I get back out there, it's going to be as if I've never run. We both know that's not true, but it's really hard to shut that voice you, off. Yeah. I mean, that's two different sides of of your own, your own mental game, because I definitely feel both of those right now. Like I 
definitely have those feelings of like, if I wanted to go out and run five miles, could I even do it? Um, Which you could. Of course you could. <laughs> but it's human and it's normal to feel this way. I think so. Oh, it, yeah. I and think then, so. Yeah. And, and you can logically tell yourself, you know, I mean, that that's not the case, but it's hard to, it's hard to get out of that, that mental mind frame of like, I had a lot of fitness built up and the fact is some of it will be gone. So. Yep. But you, you've done it once. No, you've done it twice. <laughs> you can, you can get back to that level the third time. Um, you've already proven that you, you, you can do it. So it's just a time thing. It might, I think it will end up being probably a good break for your body because you have had pretty constant training for a long time now. And I think we all need a recovery and even the professional cyclists take weeks off. You have to, you got to take some time off. I think it's essential for all of us to do that. But the other thing is you got to feel these emotions too. So I know, I know this seems complicated. Like, man, these are a lot of steps I've got to take. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I, but I think it's really important to, get to that level of acceptance. But before we get to that level of acceptance, there's going to be a little bit of a grief period here. There's going to be a period of anger, disappointment, shame, sadness, depression. And I, these are all normal things. And I think if we try to repress and shove those feelings down, then it will affect both our mindset on and off of our training. And it will affect our training next time we go out we're going to have those doubts in the back of our head. Like, do I really dare go to zone four on this blah, blah, blah ride? Or am I going to get hurt again? Or you're four hours into another bike ride in the aero position. And you're that little voice in the back of your head starts saying, Oh man, I, I feel like I need to get out of this position or I'm going to get hurt again. So there's a little bit of faith that has to come in. And I think processing these emotions and going through this, this process is really vital for that. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I just, I'll almost surprise myself though, that, that I still, I, I try and think of myself as fairly um, reasonable. <laughs> and so I, you know, that you can like logic your way out of something. Um, yeah. But then, you know, so yesterday I, the the big race was yesterday. Iron Man Tulsa was yesterday and I decided to volunteer. And I was honestly surprised by how emotional it made me when I got there to do that, um, that I kind of halfway through my volunteer shift really just wanted to get in the car and go home. Mm. Um, and I was surprised by that because I thought, you know, I had already reasoned with myself on why this was okay and everything was going to be fine. So it's, isn't it funny how emotions don't listen to, uh, to reason sometimes. Isn't it, they just can't be talked to. <laughs> of course you were emotional. I mean, but it was so incredible of you to do that, that I'm pretty sure a lot of folks, I don't know if they would have done what you just did to volunteer at the event that you trained over a year to do and were and injured out of. That's not one. That's not a logical step for a lot of people. 
And two, that's definitely not an emotionally easy thing to do. So I, I think it might give you a little bit of closure. I hope so. But it will also, I guess, give you a little bit of exposure to the event that you will be doing next year. Yeah. I got to see some things. Uh, I mean, the setup is different than than 70.3. Um, there's a lot of different moving parts that are that happen that aren't the same as a half. So I did get to see some of that. It's a much, much bigger um, undertaking organization. You know, there's there's just a lot more involved um, to it. So I got to I got to at least be exposed to a lot of that um, yesterday. And if you ever need to get drug tested after a race now, you know how that <laughs> yeah, works. Because that's where I volunteered. <laughs> so that was an interesting interesting process too i basically got to watch for an athlete to uh for one of the professional athletes to cross the finish line and then i was kind of i you know you have to you have to go up and introduce yourself and then um basically say i mean i try i kind of made it into a joke um because i'm here to watch you pee or I mean, what, what an you awkward <laughs> i don't know i don't know what the other other people said um because there's like a a kind of a script thing you have to say right when you introduce them so that to tell them who you are and what, like what you're with. Um, but then, then I just said, you know, essentially I'm going to follow you around and, and watch you drink. Um, <laughs> and, uh, just if I'm always standing there, just wanted you to know I'm, I'm not a, not a stalker. Um, <laughs> But I think you did amazing, and now I'm a fan. <laughs> so that's what I told her. <laughs> I'll be following you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So then I, you know, had to, you know, she she ran to, you know, hug her husband afterwards, and there I am, three feet away <laughs> with my <laughs> with my clipboard. <laughs> so they're not allowed to like get their own water when they cross. There's they can have Pepsi, Gatorade, or water, and when you hand them. Um, if they don't get it out of the cooler themselves, you have to hand them three of each and then they choose one. Oh man. Um, so <laughs> that's crazy. So maybe ask what they want before you, <laughs> yeah, really. before you go try and gather up nine drinks. Um, and she was a top three finisher too. So that was kind of neat that was. you got to, to meet her. Yeah. yeah. I'm not allowed to say who she was, but, right. um, she was. I got to see the podium. I got to watch all of that. It was fun. It was interesting. Now, now that you've done that, you've you volunteered. How do you feel about it this morning? Honestly, I don't know if I would have volunteered. Okay. It was a little bit harder than you thought it, it might be? Yeah. 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 I mean, it was interesting what I did, but the whole time I just wanted to leave, which oh. is not very... Um, maybe inspirational to other people, but it's real. It hey. was really, it was really, really hard. Um, and I think this morning, I, I think I'm just glad the whole event is over. Yeah. Now, now everything can go into, not that I'm going to start planning for it now. It's way too early for that, but now everything will switch into Planet like Ironman will start to switch into planning for Tulsa. They'll open registration soon. It'll be like starting fresh. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm looking forward to that. You've got a couple of other things too on the way. Yeah. 
uh, another half Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> We're not done with those yet. <laughs> in, in two months. <laughs> and then something really cool that I, I'm hoping that you're able to do. It's so ambitious, but what are you planning on doing in the fall? Oh, 100K. That one will be fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've already looked at the, I spent some of my time, uh, not exercising, writing out the training plan for that. So. I love that you can even in the same span of conversation say, you know, it makes you wonder if you really cut out to do an Ironman, but this 100 K that would be a breeze. <laughs> Jeez, man. Training for that starts this week. So. And is that, is that a trail run? Yes. Yeah. And where will that be? That is going to be um, in, it's in Oklahoma. It's in a kind of a river town called Tahlequah. So, mm. Mm. And that's 62.1 miles for those out there who <laughs> are not metric heads. And yes, yeah. I just had to use my calculator to calculate that. <laughs> will that be the the uh, longest run? Yeah. Or that'll at least be... the longest competitive run? Yeah. Yeah. I've done 60 miles in a day, but not all in one stretch. I broke it up. Yeah, and you've done a 50K. 50 miles. Oh, you did a 50 miler. Yeah, I've done a 50K too. Okay. So you just have 12 more miles and... Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, you you did the 50. Add a a half marathon on it, it'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) I think the lesson here is just that, you know, your your journey didn't end, man. I mean, it's, it's horrible. And it's sad and I, no one, no one wanted this to happen, but I'm really glad that you're, you've got something else on the schedule. That's the other thing I think it's really important. Look forward. Yeah. Reflect. You can look back and you can learn, but look forward, check the next thing, get something on the schedule, have something else to work towards. Don't wallow in that depression because it is not the end of your story and it isn't your story. It's just an event that you're <laughs> going to do. And I think it's really hard for all of us to remember that it's just an event and they happen every year and they can happen again and you will be back. So that's, that's at least what I, I keep reminding myself because I was, I felt horrible about this entire thing when it happened to you, but I'm very optimistic and I'm 100% sure that you'll do it next year. Yeah. You'll be back. It's we'll as just, simple as that. I know you don't quit and you are tough. I don't care what you say. <laughs> and I know you have it in you as well to do it. Injuries do happen. Yeah, they do. So I guess just in summation, if there's anyone out there who's been through an injury like this or might in the future, and if you, if this is something that you're going to make part of your lifestyle, their odds are you will get hurt. Some things that you did that I I really admire you for. You were you were cautious and you didn't try to force it. You you knew there was something wrong, and you shut it down before it became something that would be a much bigger injury or a bigger problem. You went out and you found professional medical help. You got physical therapy. You didn't just trust on rumors or WebMD or anything like that. And I think that's really vital because we're not doctors Mm -hmm. and everyone's different. So it's good to get another set of eyes. You felt the emotions. You let yourself experience these feelings, whether they were comfortable or not. And they weren't comfortable, but, um, and even though that you doubted them, or at least you, I think several times maybe felt silly for having them. You felt them. 
And yeah. I think that's really admirable that you did because we're all human and it was a big deal. And you, and I think it's only human that you would feel these things. <laughs> and then you started looking forward. I know the volunteering was hard and maybe in retrospect, you wouldn't have done it again, but you did it. And I, they needed volunteers. And so you donated your own time and service to a very, and did it. And it was very difficult and you did it anyway. And I think it's very admirable. And then, and you're looking forward to your next races. So I really hope people can kind of take something from this um, episode and the situation that you went through. I think they will. I think so. I mean, maybe that it's not hard, but it'll be okay. I mean, not hard. It is hard. It's hard. <laughs> it It is hard, but it'll it's be not all right. The end. Yeah. It's not the end. Maybe though for them, Maybe they do a sprint triathlon for, and not a 100K. Just for that. <laughs> you, you can do the 100K, but, you know, that's that's not part of the checklist here. You don't have to do 100, 100K. That's not step number five here. <laughs> oh, man. Or sign well, up Allison, for a marathon as part of your 100K training. <sighs> I didn't tell you about that. <laughs> no, you didn't. When, when's that going to be? Um, Like a month before. Okay, that's not bad. I thought you were going to be like, in three weeks, I am doing yeah. an Arizona. <laughs> I've, I just need to prove something to myself. I think that this is also a good time when we're recovering from injury to eat some cookies. <laughs> what is our, uh, what's our cookie of the week? Yeah, so today we have cranberry oatmeal white chocolate chip. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. It's basically breakfast. I would say you could just call it that. Oats and cranberries. See, there's a bit of a danger here. <laughs> because if these cookies sit around long enough, those cranberries may become craisins. And that is real close to our <laughs> no raisin rule. Am I right? Well, is that I mean, how craisins are made? I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, they're dried cranberries. They're kind okay. of like raisins. Mm. Eat them fresh. That's the lesson. <laughs> there it is. Eat them fresh. Um, our media recommendation is a book. Um, I'm actually going to recommend a book that I haven't finished reading because I like it so much, but I'm about two thirds of the way through. It's, um, it's breathe the new science of a lost art by James Nestor. It delves into breathing techniques, some of the history of uh, how we've breathed as a species, how it can physically and mentally change you. Um, I don't want to give any spoiler alerts, but it's, it's pretty transformative in my opinion. And it's very applicable to what we are doing with the athletic attempts and, and pursuits that we're doing. It can really help with your heart rate, your resting heart rate. It can help with your thresholds when you, when you're out there, because so many of the times when I'm, especially when I'm running for the first time, my heart rate's out of control and I'm breathing and I'm panting like a crazy person. And I look like I'm having an asthma attack and I'm just running and that's not comfortable and it's not efficient and it's, there's better ways of doing it. So that's all I'll say. Highly recommend it. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, check that book out and we'll have links on our website, postracecookie.com for both our cookie recipes and all our media recommendations. So jump on there and check them out. Yeah. Uh, all right, Allison, uh, thank you for sharing today. I know it was couldn't have been easy. 
I really do, though. Uh, I think a lot of people, I hope, will get something out of this. Yeah, I think it's important to talk about. All right, Allison. Well, we will talk to you next time. <laughs> yep, we'll see you.